Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Check it out. Bear with me, folks, as I get my voice back. What's cracking, everybody? Jason Jones of The Athletic. And this here is the Ruler of the Court podcast, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. You already know the deal here. I talk Sacramento Kings basketball. I talk hip-hop. I talk about whatever else the hell I feel like talking about. And... That's what we do here. It's been a, been a rough week. Uh, kids once again took me down. Been a little bit under the weather. I'm much better than I was earlier in the week, but my voice still isn't all the way back. So that's why I kind of sound a little bit out of it. But trust me when I say I'm feeling okay. And... Sorry, I've got a little snack with me. Trying to hope hope that that prevents me from having a cough here and there. No one wants to hear that, but I guess you don't want to hear me eat either. That being said, let's go ahead and get this show on the road. This is a quick ride around the block. You already know what it is. I ain't going to keep you, you know, all day. I just got done watching the Lakers and the Mavs game. And the game pretty much reminded me about... When I thought about the Kings, and the, you know, they're pretty much on a yo-yo in the standards right now. And that's because it's the Wild Wild West this year. You know, but maybe it's not a yo-yo. Maybe it's more like an elevator stopping on floors, going up and down a little bit. But it's wild out there. When the Mavs overcame, blowing a big big lead tonight, managing to hold off the Lakers in 119-115 in double overtime, partly because some reason the Lakers thought it was okay to let Luka get two top-of-the-key threes off in critical situations, but hey, I'm not going to belabor that. But what that did was, for all the joy my man Kenny Caraway had on on our other other podcast, uh, J Street vibes about the Kings being fourth, just like that, the Kings are fifth. A half game, a half game behind the Mavs now. If you're into uh, standings, watching this time of year, and the Kings are they're twenty two and eighteen. 
Again, that's fifth in the West. Not bad because they mess around and win tomorrow. They'll go percentage of points ahead of Dallas, you know. I didn't check to see if Dallas plays tomorrow, but you know you know how this thing goes. It's gonna be crazy all year. And here's how crazy it is. The Kings are five and a half out of the top spot in the West, but they're only just three and a half out of eleven where Portland's sitting right now. And we all know what eleven means. It means no play in. So that means definitely no shot at the playoffs. Just crazy how this thing is so just compacted still at the halfway point of the season. But um, and when the Kings play, well, after they're done playing the Rockets on Friday, they will officially be at 41 games, the official halfway point of the season. So rather than wait till after that game and see the results, I think we've got enough with 40 games in the in the books to recap the good, the bad, and the ugly of the first half of the NBA season for the Sacramento Kings. So what's good? Does the obvious thing. It's their record. Four games above 500, heading into Friday night's game. Their offense is among the best in the NBA. Tops in scoring at 100, and all these numbers are heading into uh, Thursday's play. You know, 119. 0.2 points per game leads the NBA. They shoot 49% from the field. That is fourth in the NBA. They have the NBA's leading rebounder in Demonis Sabonis, a guy who I think is going to be an all-star for the third time in his career and be the first all-star in Sacramento since DeMarcus Cousins in 2017. And he collects double-doubles like he's one of these weirdos or for these who come to California and can't wait to get their hands on an in-and-out double-double. I mean, there's other options, folks, just so you know, but they act like the double-double is a, is the most prized possession in burger history, but yeah, uh, I think I, I had mentioned before Sabonis should get a McDonald's deal because of the, the uh, for getting McDoubles, but no, he needs an In-N-Out deal, and even though we, we all know I think the In-N-Out fries are disgusting, I can't hate on the burgers, and Sabonis needs to have someone working on that double-double deal for him because he's collecting them. Like it, like it's no big deal. What, 18 in a row now? Yeah, ridiculous. De'Aaron Fox, you know, he's not shooting the three like he was earlier in the year, but he's still one of the best fourth quarter, quarter players we got in this game. Malik Monk is going to get some six man of the year votes. Kevin Herter is proven to be one of the best pickups of the offseason. I mean, every time he has a good game, I just hear people saying, why in the hell did Atlanta trade Kevin Herter basically for nothing? Or... And I say nothing, I mean no one who can help them right now. I don't know. I mean, you know, King of Murray is probably not going to win Rookie of the Year. You know, I think, you know, unless he gets hurt, I think Paolo Manchero has that, Brancaro has that wrapped, wrapped up. But I think he'll be in the top three still. You know, the, he's leading the rookies in three-point shooting. One of the best uh, picks of the draft, you know, through the first season. Definitely one that, uh, <coughs> no, excuse me, y'all. You know, I know Monty McNair took some heat on that pick. But some people thought Jay Nivey should have been the pick there, but Keegan Murray has done nothing but prove people wrong pretty much all year. He had his, you know, you're gonna have your ups and downs as a player, as a rookie, but can't hate on Keegan Murray. So that brings us to what they're not to like. 
let's just start with the bad. I wish I had some cool music to play, but I don't. But you know, when it you know, you know, you know, it's like trying to pick the bad is kind of definitely nitpicking at this point. But you got to find something bad, and what is bad? I'm gonna say the backup center situation of, of all the spots on the Kings. That's the bad or the baddest thing to look at. Just trying to figure out. Who do you give those minutes to behind Sabonis on a, on a regular basis? Well, Mike Brown's pretty, you know, just about used everybody he has out there, you know. One night is Chemezi Metu. One night is Rashawn Holmes. We've seen Namias Keita. We've seen Alex Lynn make an appearance out in the court. I mean, hell, I might be next to get some run at center. Who knows? You know, it, it's, it's just been a, you know, a rotating thing all year, and it's something I think if the Kings want to solidify themselves for a postseason push, that's the area they have to figure out how they're going to handle that spot, whether that's through uh, a trade or maybe there's someone on the, uh, you know, on the free agent market you look at. You know, the Kings have worked out. I'm not the Kings, you know. I saw the Lakers had worked out DeMarcus Cousins and Myers Leonard. Maybe you find a guy like that out there who's available and not on a team at the moment. Maybe someone gets bought out, you know, after the trade deadline. But that is the most important thing for the Kings to address as they make their push for the playoffs. Not that you're going to get someone who can give you what Sabonis gives you off the bench. But it would be nice if you knew that's the guy right there who's going to give us whatever... 14, 15 solid minutes every night behind Sabonis. And if Sabonis can't play, we can plug him in and we're going to be just fine. Kings don't have that at the moment, but it's uh, got a little less than a month before the trade deadline. That means you got some time to try to make something happen. Which brings me to Mm-hmm. The ugly. And you know where I'm going with the ugly. It's what I call my get off my lawn rant of at least once a week of the season. It's the Sacramento Kings and their defense. Defense, 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 or no defense, no defense, no defense. I mean, I'll give you the rundown of the basis of, of their defense. You know, they give up 117.1 points per game. That's 25th in the NBA. Not good. And you see that 2.1 point differential has led to a lot of exciting games, a lot of fun times at night. You know, late night, you know, tight games. But it's also why the Kings have faltered late in games, too. Defense. And yes, it's exciting. It's fun. And we've seen the Kings have shown the ability to play some defense late in games. But this whole we score a lot of points, but we give up damn near as many points as we score is a tough way to live. It's a dangerous way to live. And the Kings are also letting teams shoot. 48.9% from the field, 
The only two teams in the NBA are worse than them. Detroit, which is young, and their best player, Cade Cannon, Cunningham, is hurt. And you've got, the, you know, San Antonio, another team in that Victor Webinyama race. But there have been signs of progress. I can't deny that. The three-point percentage allowed is at 36.1%, and that's 18th in the league, kind of close to the middle. And I think for them, you take the middle where you can get it. But it's still not uncommon for teams to get to the paint and do whatever the hell they want to the Kings when they feel like it. And no, I'm not, you know, you still have too many games where basically filling the blank is going to have a season slash career high at the expense of the Kings. You know, and there's still too many games where the opponent probably walks in thinking we can get 125, 130 tonight. It's just too easy sometimes for the, the score on the Kings, and that's going to be a problem. And they can't continue to do this thing of where you're giving up a ton of points, and then you figure in the fourth quarter, let's try to lock them down and escape. You get away with that for a little bit, but again, the big picture for this team is trying to be a playoff team, and that's not the way to live if you want to have some success to get to where you, you know, the seating you want and to try to have some success in the postseason. Okay, old man on the on the lawn, Rand is over. That's for all that all that I just said. Kings are still in a good spot. Got a winning record. They got plenty of room to still continue to improve. That's got to be their mindset going forward because if they don't, they can find them slip, slip, slip in the six, seven, or worse. And no one wants to be there. Well, folks, I'm going to take a quick break. They're going to come back and uh, pay tribute to a West Coast hip-hop pioneer. And then I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. But we'll be right back. This is Jason Jones. This is the, the uh, Ruler of the Court podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. And be right back. Well, the NFL playoff picture is locked in in my go-to place for wild card round action as DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. That sounds cool, you know. If you find you want to, you know, put your money where your where your faith in whatever teams you like is, if your team is still playing, just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet. Back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? You know, where else would you want to go to bet on whether or not Tom Brady will be retired or maybe on his way to the Raiders after Monday night because the, the Tampa Bay season will be over? Will Dak Prescott throw a bunch of interceptions? Or will or will Justin Herbert win his uh, playoff debut? Or will the young guy Trevor Lawrence pull it off? So much to think about, so much to look at, you know. 
Yes, you know, the Ravens may be going out there with their third string quarterback. You know, <coughs> how good is Joe Burrow going to be this time around? Like I said, this a lot to consider. But here's what you got to do, folks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Hmm. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And we are back. It's the Ruler of the Court podcast. And we're going to close out today. Not a long hip-hop section, but wanted to touch on the uh, passing of probably a name that not a lot of people, uh, casual folks know. But... If you're from the West Coast, you've probably heard the name Laylaw, uh, a producer, writer, former, you know, he rapped for a little bit before he kind of focused on the writing and producing angle. And just um, I remember on Thursday early, I started to see, you know, post about Laylaw passing away and Laylaw had a hand in several prominent uh, hip-hop careers starting with nwa you know dre easy cube and all them you know got tributes from a lot of the uh, west coast folks you know ice cube mc8 saw das dillinger had some words you know go on and on and on but <clears throat> laylaw was an important figure in ice cube's career he went solo from NWA. And also there was a album that I bumped back in 97 called The Law House Experience. If you can find that somewhere, I would recommend you pick that up to get a feel for the kind of stuff that Laylaw was helping and putting, you know, was putting down. You know, the, the album had Above the Law, Coolio, Drew Down, Ice Cube, Ice-T, Caution, KD, Cocaine, Loonies, LV, Razkaz, The Far Side, Dub C, and Exhibit. Basically, this was a California West Coast, just like pot of gumbo that I bumped a lot in my college years. In my sophomore year, especially at uh, at Cal Berkeley. And wanted to uh, just read some of the tributes, in particular Ice Cube's tribute, and some and uh, some other people's. But I want to start with Cube. And <clears throat> Cube said, "It's hard when you lose one of the originals." Laylaw was there when nobody cared who I was—a producer and songwriter behind lots of hits. He always gave it to me straight. No chaser. My roommate on the NWA tour. I thought we had more time. Rest in peace, my friend. <clears throat> and then you had MCA who said, damn, Loke always solid. We used to sit up at, at, at the crib and just blow, chop it up. Mania. Then I'm going to read a couple of other ones too. <clears throat> if you go to hiphopdx.com, they got some good links to some things that Laylaw said uh, about his own career. And I'll read those too. But I wanted to also get somebody else's career, uh, some, some other uh, 
comments from him about him, should I say, one being from the the NWA days. I'm seeing, can I find Michelle, if I can, if I can find Michelle A. Because she had, you know, why can't I, see, now I can't remember her Instagram. Of course, because that's, that's how things go. But, uh, I'll get you, I'll, I'll you know, I'll look at Daz. Daz said, From the NWA above the law days till now, I appreciate the convo and history lessons on this West Coast movement y'all created. Now, giving props to, you know, the the influence that he had on, you know, West Coast hip-hop and helping laying the foundation back in the early, you know, mid-80s and contributing to what has become one of the you know the greatest you know you know some of the greatest stuff and you look at if you if you go to his uh instagram he's you know you know clearly loved by a lot of people especially in the entertainment and hip-hop game and the sad news no details on how he passed and i'm not one to dwell on that anyway but Yeah, I wanted to kind of give you, you know, he was, uh, also, I can't remember, uh, he also was with, you know, worked with Tupac, and even though he wasn't given credit, he, you know, he he said he produced the remix to, you know, to Dr. Dre's, you know, in the Roger Troutman version of California Love with Pac, and, you know, he said he never got the credit, you know, you know. You know, but you know, but hey, it is what it is, and you know, I'll give you a little bit of how he said how he got into. You know, he did rap for a little bit. He says, you know, he'd been knowing Dre since like you no know, eighty eighty one. And this is from an interview in twenty eleven with Hip Hop DX. He said, I stayed down the street from his cousin on seventy six, right across the street from Fremont High School. I played football for Fremont, and Dre would dance at halftime with some other brothers, some pop blocker dudes. Then he said, I was a writer. And he said, I was just writing. I was writing. And then I came across Alonzo Williams and the Wrecking Crew, and they were rapping. He said, then he added, I'm not a rapper. I'm a writer. I can write or rap, but I don't consider myself a rapper. So it was weird trying to figure out what I was going to do. Clearly, Laylaw figured out what he was going to do as a writer and producer and had it had a definite impact on the culture. So rest in peace to Laylaw. Like I said, if you can find the Lawhouse Experience, that compilation, check it out. I'm not sure if it's on streaming. I'm not I'm not looking at my stuff right now, but I just wanted to shout out that and uh, someone who helped pave the way for the music I love, West Coast Hip Hop. So I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. Hopefully my voice sounds better next week. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Instagram, Mr. Jones LBC. This is Jason Jones. This is the Rule of the Court podcast. Y'all be easy out there. I'm out.